come in tonight, those who are on the telephone, uh, internet, God bless you too. Let's sing at Calvary, years I spent in vanity and pride. Amen. Oh, years I spent in vanity and pride. Oh, caring not my Lord was crucified.
1321. When justice called for a payment for sin, no one worthy could found among men. But the precious Son of God, when the cross and glory fell, said, you know, you have a favorite song, you want to sing it over and over? Well, Brother Michael, this is my favorite song. Amen. Let's sing this. Hallelujah! Amen, Brother EBA. Possess that inheritance. He gave you a promise. Amen. Oh, entangled Oh, with heavy chains of captivity. Oh, and bruised and battered by sin. Oh, and condemned. Oh, sentenced to a life of bondage. Oh, God, there was no peace within. Oh, and then 
He set us free. Oh, who the Son has set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Brother Stephen, could I have you open up the service in a word of prayer? Nice to have you with us tonight. This is a prayer request from our sister, Sherry Kukon. Please pray for her son, uh, Isaac, that he, the Lord will provide a, a place of housing for him soon. Amen. And we believe for his salvation also. Amen. Brother Stephen. Amen. Saints, it certainly has been wonderful to be with you this week and enjoy your Jubilee weekend with you. Amen. We were having a Jubilee ourselves. Amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads together. Blessed Heavenly Father, Lord, we just have come once again into your house with thanksgiving in our hearts. We come into your courts with praise, O oh God, for you have made us glad. And Lord Jesus, you have done so many great things for us, Lord. And Lord, we don't even want to look back just a few days, but Lord, we want to look and see what you are doing for us right now, Lord Jesus. Lord, we are gathered here together in your house because, Lord, we've come expecting, Lord Jesus. Lord, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, O oh God. And Lord, today doesn't even mean last weekend, although we had such a wonderful time in your presence, Lord. And Lord, we just pray that you would touch the brothers and strengthen them, Lord, for their labors, Lord. And Lord, may they just, just feel rejuvenated and re-rested this week that they could keep pressing on and preaching your glorious gospel. But Lord, we know that today means today, right now, this Wednesday night, Lord. You are here with us, Lord, and you have something for us, Lord Jesus. We can't even pause one moment, but we have to just keep pressing forward, Lord. And Lord, we're so near the end of the race, perhaps just the final ones in this relay race, dear God. And Lord, we want to sprint all the way in, oh God, not letting down one moment, not relaxing, not just taking it easy for a few weeks after good services, but Lord, every day we want to climb higher in your presence, Lord. And we just pray that you would come tonight and Lord, meet our every need. Touch our lives, Lord Jesus. You know the burdens upon our heart, Lord. You know our requests. You know the things we've gone through even this week, this last couple days. Lord, just reconfirm your word in our hearts, we pray. Come and anoint the brother that would be ministering. And Lord, you, you, you have heard this request that has been lifted up to you tonight. And Lord, you are our provider, Lord Jesus. And Lord, may you provide for this young man, Lord. And Lord, may you just watch over him. Lord, you know his needs, dear God. And may you be present in this time in his life, Lord God. Be, make yourself real to him, Lord, we pray. And dear God, we just commit this service to you and we give you glory and honor. And Lord, we want to leave here rejoicing once again, Lord, and we just give you the preeminence, dear God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. We're just going to sing, Brother Andrew, could I have you come up? We're just going to, I was listening to this song today, Champion of Love, and I, I felt it would be appropriate to sing it tonight, amen? And we'll just sing this as a congregational song. If you know the chorus, it's, we have it, and we'll, we'll sing this before Brother Murphy comes, brings the word. 
hometown to enter this arena to raise his hand in victory over sin but then an angry crowd they crucify this king wore a crown and they gladly watched my champion go
after the last few days of a meeting. I told her brother, I said, that after, I said that after you're done, I don't know who preached. I thought I preached. My voice is getting lost. And we had a wonderful jubilee of a time in the last few days, which is so appreciated of the Lord. And uh, I trust that you, uh, your, your appetite is still had a little more. And uh, I think that the bride of Jesus Christ would always uh, have something, uh, uh, the space in our uh, uh, spiritual appetite, ask the Lord to uh, feed us again. So we're very thankful to be back to the house of God again. And so I really appreciate the last few service and all of you. And, uh, you know, when I was just, uh, uh, just on the platform to uh, see all of you worship, my heart is just so thrilled. I'm so glad to see people can enjoy the word and responding to the word and see the life uh, has been transformed and changed just in a, such a short time. What a miracle that the Lord has done to us. I just pray the Lord just continually bless every one of you. Amen. Amen. And also, um, uh, Brendan, greeting uh, uh, from my brother Danny Steeman. I was uh, with the family uh, just before the, uh, the anniversary meeting uh, down to those Florida for a few days. Uh, and I visited a uh, sensor down there. And brother Danny just asked me to do a greeting for all of you. And brother Jason Jackson was there as well. And also met um, Brother Martin Woolman and uh, uh, Eugene, the family, and the Brother Peter Evanenko. I told him, I said, I feel like I'm coming back to the Coverdale, but just with a palm tree on it. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, they are, uh, they're doing fine, and uh, we love all of them. And I uh, had a wonderful time uh, fellowshiping together. And uh, I guess we're going back to uh, the home again. You know, no matter where you go, uh, this is my home. Uh, I can enjoy the sunshine, the palm tree for a few days, but after a few days, I told my wife, I said, honey, I think I need some rain. <laughs> it's too hot out there. Uh, but so what's it holding me is all of you, brothers and sisters, and this is my family, and we enjoyed each other so, so much. And, uh, you, can, you can just get a good weather for a few days. You got enough of it. And I just want to come home to meet my family here. May the Lord bless you. Let's just bow our head before we go to the Word. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, how we love you, Lord. Lord, we uh, know we love you because we love each other. Lord, to see a dear family, dear brothers and sisters, and see how they enjoy their services, how they enjoy the Word, and see how your Word has met our need, how you speak to our heart. Lord, it just makes my heart full, Lord. Lord, one day all of this will become just a fond memory. Lord, we know that the persecution is coming. We know that the precious is coming. But Lord, that's not what we we're looking for. That's not our eyes to focus on. Because we know when we saw all of the things, we know that our redemption is drawing nigh. So Lord, there is a, no time than the time that we're living now. Even in the prophet called it the golden age. Lord, so this is the time that you're going to come back to take your bride out of the way with you. We thank you, Lord, to give us the promise of the word. We thank you for the message of this hour that you made it a real to us. It's not just a book we read. It's not just a voice that we are listening to. 
but it's the reality. Lord, this is the person that we have known. This is the person that made himself real to us. This is the person that is living inside of us, the person of Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory. We ask you to bless the rest of the service. Lord, to come down to fellowship with our children that again. Lord, I have no power. I have no might and no ability. I'm completely depending on you. Just commit myself and also to the whole congregation unto your hands. Lord, and may the tender hand of Jehovah touch the people once more. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for the musicians. And so I just um, ask you to, to turn to the scripture. Let's turn to uh, uh, Gospel John. Uh, chapter 8. Hallelujah. You keep doing that, Brother Evie. I have a special quote for you after this. <laughs> Amen. Chapter 8. Let's read from, um, uh, let's read from uh, verse 3. And to the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they set her in the midst, they said unto him, A master, this woman was uh, taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they, say, they said, tempting him, that he might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down, then with his finger rolled down the ground, as though he hurt them not. So when they continued asking him, asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and rolled on the ground. And the which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but a woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those, things, those thy accusers? Has no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And let's turn to another scripture, the first John. Uh, chapter 1, uh, verse uh, 5 to 7. 1 John, chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. This then is a message which we have heard of him and declared unto you that God is a light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have a fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, and he is in the light, we have a fellowship of one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleans us from all sin. Let's read the final scripture, the book of Ephesians. Just turn to the back chapter, chapter 5, book of Ephesians. 
chapter 5, verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. I like to speak of the title, The Light of a Life. And that a scripture that we just read, the light of life. And um, we know that this age is an age of a paradox. And in one sense, it's the golden age. But on the other sense, this is also the age in the gross darkness. And the, uh, the Bible said that in the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 1, said, Arise, shine, for that light is come, and to the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, that the darkness shall cover the earth, and the gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And then what a great privilege that we're living, that in this hour, that the prophet that are called is the golden age, because of the coming of the Lord is nigh. There's all the ages, so those are the sands, so those um, uh, the sages there are all looking for this time, but we're actually living right in it. It's not a something that we're looking forward. Even though the prophet said we don't need to write history anymore and, uh, because this is the end of it. And I'm so thankful that God gave us a message. Not to give it a message that just led us to read and to listen, but to give us a message that actually to open our eyes that in this darkness to know where we are and where we're going to. And without this other message, think about how blind the people is going to be. They're living in this age. It's not means that they don't, uh, they don't understand that, you know, we're coming to it at the end time. I think even a lot of the denomination, they even themselves, they understand that the world cannot go on uh, any longer. They're coming to an end. But is it a, the problem is that they don't have the, the message, they don't have the word that it is our to open up their eyes to, so that they can know what is the cure of it. What is the remedy of it? It's not just knowing that an end is approaching, but when the end is approaching, what should we do about it? And that's where we're thankful God gave us the word in this hour. And the brother said in the Shalom, he said, and now remember, there can be no light outside the word of God. That in that word, that means the word of God is our light. The light is not some natural light. The light it is not some uh, that the people that have this uh, special doctrine or certain men that are possessed of uh, uh, that, uh, uh, the, the doctrine or to the light, but to the, the word of God that in this hour that is the light. And he said, and to the only light that we can have today in the church is God vindicating his light to this generation. In another word, it's not just the word only. It's not just somebody said, oh, I possess the truth. It's not somebody or some church that said, you know, I have the word of God in this hour. The word must be vindicated. Without the vindication, anybody can say that they have the truth. Anybody can say that, oh, we have the last say. But when God coming down to vindicate it, and we have the vindication that through and through, and time after time, and the year after year in the prophets and in his ministry, to prove to us what we have is the light that is God in this hour. When we have that, 
that we don't need to seek him for others. And uh, the brother Branham said in the Shalom, is that Jesus said to John, about John, he was at a bright and a shining light for a while. Why? Isaiah, 712 years before he was born, said that there is a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Malachi, the third chapter, said, Behold, I send my messenger before my face to prepare the way before me. See, he was that word being vindicated. Okay, now it is not just the word, but a word in the person now to be vindicated. Because you cannot separate the message and the messenger. So they're in one. If you cannot separate the message and the messenger, you also cannot separate the message that in the bride of Jesus Christ, they are in one. It said, and he said in Malachi, the third chapter said, Behold, I send my messenger before my face to prepare the way before me. See, he was that word being vindicated. So the word become a personified. The word become a person. That's not just thinking about it. That's a years ago, 2,000 years ago. That's not even 50 years ago. That is right now. That is in the moment in Corridor Bible way in your life. That in each one of our life. He was that word being vindicated. The word that was a promise for that day, he was the light. The light is not only just the natural light. The light is not just only the word. The light is not only the word was vindicated, but now the light dwells in the person. In another word, you become a light. He was the light because he was making come to pass the very word that the God has spoke about him. How can to make it that the person become a light? When what you said and what you believed and it come true. That make you become the light. The vindication for the Jesus, then is the vindication for the prophet in this age. Then is the vindication of the word of God living inside of the bride of Jesus Christ. Then is the vindication that the living in the corridor Bible way as a church. Then is the vindication that even in the personal life, living in the sister Sherry in your life, living in Marco in your life, in Christa and Margaret, in everyone here, or we are not even citizens here. That is seeing and the monitor to stream the service. You are the light. Amen. Jesus become the light because he manifests what is the word has spoke. And that the prophet become the light of this age to shine upon in this gross darkness because the God vindicated his ministry. It's not him speaking anymore, but it's the God speaking to us. Because they make the word come to pass. And I was thinking about it as the 50 years of the anniversary. And I was thinking that there's one thing that, you know, I didn't get a chance to say that. Maybe I can say this over here. How I'm thankful that God prepared that a pastor that after his own heart for all of us. And that a 50 years have been faithfully and that have preached the little gospel. I would say that it's the light that a God has sent in this area. That is the light that is the God that given it to us. Shine upon in this gross darkness. 
And the light was shining so strong, it brought Brother Tom in. It brought Brother Gill in. It brought Brother Young Charman in. It brought Sister Beth in. It brought all from all this year. That light cannot be put out. How Satan had tried to do time after time and try to pull that light out. But that light was to continue on. Even when our pastor came into the old age, maybe cannot even sit in the platform, but that light just traveled from one person to another person. Into Brother Tom, into Brother Michael, into Brother Tim, into myself, and into yourself. The light is still going on. What a light has been vindicated that is right among us. And what a vision that God gave to our pastor. Preach the gospel around the little world. Fulfill the vision that God had given it to him. And then it passed it down to us. Thank you so much, Brother Gabe. You sent me the little clay. Brother Adam was uh, preaching it years ago. He said, that, you know, the, the, the only reason that the Florida Bible way, that we exist, he said, when I'm feeding on some of the word, he said, when I was a God of fed, my heart was thrilled. He said, I cannot be just fed by the word without that word becoming into the hand of the other people so that all the rest of the people can hear the same word that what I hear. I don't see that vision has been vindicated. That vision has been vindicated. Let me ask you, where is the light? The light is in the person. The light is not in the church. Though all the lights can went off, all our vision can get blurred, but the light's still going on. But ABA, your eyes might not see clearly, but the light cannot be put out. The light is still living in the person. The testimony still go far and wide. I was thinking about to the people that God gave it to us and let us or let myself and my family to fellowship it with. What a light has been vindicated. And see that your life has been transformed. See your life has been kept by God day in and day out, years by years. And thinking about to the people, they give it up to the world. They give it out of the position. Some of our American brothers and the sisters that are moving from afar away and then are moving closer to here. For what? Just for man? I say not. Just for a church? I say not. They're in a gross darkness, but they saw the light. Because they're in the gross darkness, the light had to shine upon it. What light is not only just the word, it's not only just the preaching, but it's in that person. It's that light has to show it off. To make the, the people move to here, they want to see the light. One of us will be under the same vision that our pastor did that. And we're thinking about that during the storm, that in your life, day in and then day out, by you standing firm on it, what God is showing, vindicating the word that in that person to show that light is still continuing on. And Brother Bradman said in a shalom, he said, now good morning means peace. Darkness is a gathering. What is it a gathering for? To show the light. Isaiah 61 said, rise and shine, for the light has come to you. That's the reason I can say shalom. In the darkness to say shalom? Yeah, because in the darkness, the darkness had only one 
reason God allowed it to there to be there is to show the light. Without a darkness, light cannot be as uh, predominant or sticking it out as it is. The only one of darkness to show how bright the light is. And so that's the reason I can say, Shalom, the light has come to you. God's peace to the elected woman, to the elected lady, those who God before the foundation of the world called out and ordained to that. Without the light, without this light, the vindicated of the word of God cannot pronounce to us to say shalom. It's when the darkness starts to congregate them together, start to congeal together, become darker than ever, darker than ever. Then God pronounced said, Shalom. Arise and shine, because your light has come. And during the darkness, God wants us to let our eyes to look into the light instead of a focus on the gross darkness that is around us. That's the whole reason that he said in the book of Isaiah, said, arise and shine because your light has come. Because you are the reflector to reflect what is the true light that is. Then he said to the shalom, the word is the light when it's vindicated. Until the word he promised for the day is vindicated, then it's not light. In another word, if the word is not vindicated, there's no light whatsoever. It has to be vindicated, not only just in Jesus, in the prophet, but also in our own life. And there is a light of the hour today. That's Jesus Christ in the power of his resurrection. His word that has a promise for this day. The works that I do shall you also. Greater than this shall you do. For I go to the Father. The Lord has said to us the greater work that we shall do. Because he is going to vindicate him what his, the word has said to be the truth. I was thinking about what a vindication the Lord had given it to us. I'm not talking about a prophet. I'm talking about a vindication the Lord had given it to you, Sister Lisa. And then everyone is over here. Then I heard that the testimony of Brother Ben was assured that it was us. During the meetings, that's the demon of anxiety. This is on him. But God is a deliverer God. His word is still vindicating. His word is still telling us the light is still going on. The light still is shining and delivered our brother out of that anxiety. I said, what is this is not a small thing, brothers and sisters. This is the vindicated word to prove to us the light is still going on. When the light is shining in the gross darkness, all the darkness has to be driven away. There's nothing can stop that. And then out there today, I don't know if Sister Elizabeth Walton is here. Just before it, our brother Henry was at a pass away. Me and my wife, we went to the visit. And at that time, our brother Henry is already uh, he's, he's, uh, half unconscious. And then we cannot talk to him, but we're talking to Sister Elizabeth. And I was looking at his sister and I said, this is not like a, like a wife that a husband is going to pass it away. And she was so strong, holding the testimony, still believe every word of God is the truth. Still believe that God is the healer in a situation like that. And there's just no sadness, but just a smile on her face. 
And then she said to me, she said, Brother Murphy, you know, my, my husband said, I'm ready to go. And she said, if you are ready to go, she said, I'm ready to let you go. And then at the same time, there was another person that had come in and uh, said that a few words and said, you know, uh, said I, I, uh, just a few day, uh, days ago, you know, I, I heard that, uh, I saw that Henry was saying oh, that uh, he's in anxiety. God bless Brother, uh, sister uh, Elizabeth. And she looked at that uh, person. She said, there's no anxiety here. And she was uh, looking at him and he said, he never said he's an anxiety. He said, he said, I'm in a perfect peace. I was saying, God bless her, uh, sister Elizabeth. <laughs> what a testimony that God gave it to us. There is no such a thing the devil tried to throw that it put in it before the believer and the believer cannot overcome. Believer, no matter in life or in death, they are the overcomer. Amen. Satan has nothing to throw into the past over the believer and try to smother it and try to set his anxiety. He doesn't have an anxiety. But Henry said, I'm in a perfect peace. I think what a testimony that God gave it to us. And my mother-in-law is here, and let me share a little testimony. And the two years ago, during the COVID, that she was, uh, she fell, and she broke uh, uh, her uh, lumbar, the spinal, uh, the, the bone. And because she got a very serious osteoporosis, and the doctor even said, he said, he said if you sneeze, it can trigger it. It can cause it a crack. And uh, then she was, she fall. And then the break of her spinal, uh, uh, just the spine. And uh, there was a fractures there. And it was so painful. And she cannot uh, get it up. And for this, uh, just lay on the bed almost for six months of the time. And uh, couldn't uh, get, uh, uh, get out of the bed. And it was just uh, painful. I just uh, have to uh, go under the, the pain medication. And uh, just uh, a few months ago, I think it's about a two or three, uh, two, probably two months ago, and uh, she was in a excruciating pain. And the pain was so severe that uh, she can't, can't move. And uh, we have to send her uh, to the hospital. And they, in the hospital, they give it a, uh, they do the, uh, do the x-ray. And then they find out that there's another fracture that's uh, in, her, in her spine. And she was in such a pain, she, had, uh, she has to take the hydromorphin. Even the hydromorphin couldn't uh, surpass uh, the, the pain. That, uh, that she had. And then uh, she was uh, painful. She couldn't uh, lay under the bed. She couldn't even move. And then uh, my wife and I, we went to, uh, uh, to pray. And our children get together and pray for grandmother as well. And when we uh, prayed it, and you know when you pray, you believe it. Is that how loud you shout? How loud you screamed? Is that how loud your face is the sound? And we believe God is going to take care of it. And then a month later, and then the, the, the doctor uh, said uh, we booked an appointment for her. She has to go to the, the hospital to do the injection. I don't know what is that word. I think it's called a blockage or something. Try to uh, put injections in, in there uh, to uh, get rid of the pain or whatever the, they, they need to do. And just before they're going to the hospital, and then uh, they had to do another uh, x-ray. But we prayed. So when they go there, they do the, uh, I think they do the, the scan, uh, CD scan. And the doctor, afterward, just before they go to the injection, they want to do that CT scan again. And then afterward, the doctor coming back, gave the result to my 
mother-in-law and to my wife said, uh, she doesn't need a blockage anymore. Within the months of the time, and that a fracture was totally healed. God is still real. He's still vindicating his word to be the truth. But if I said in the shalom, I better watch my time. This is Wednesday. I don't want to keep you too long. But Abraham said he took bread, and that was the one's wheat, baked it into bread, broke it, and hang it out of there, and handed it out to the people. And he returned back yet again, multiplied creation. But in the last days, where there is no sign of a creation, he speaks it into creation anyhow, shows that he is the same God that was in the beginning. He can create squirrels. He can create whatever he wants to because he is a God. Greater things than this will you do. For I go unto my Father. The Word is infallible. It has to be manifested. It has to be fulfilled. Greater than this shall you do. Not multiplying, but speaking out into creation. God is still having a creative word that in this hour gave it to us. Then after the, afterward, my mother-in-law, she still filled the pen. She still had to take the hydromorphin. Then one day, you know, sometimes you got mad at about a Satan. Not I got mad at about a, uh, a person, but you're mad at about a Satan. I went to my mother-in-law. I was, stand, I was stand, standing on her bed. I said, Mom, I said, the doctor has said you already healed. There's no fracture on your spine. If God said you are healed, then I believe you are completely healed. But I said, now, why the pain still there? We send her to the hospital time after time. Doctor cannot even find what's the problem. The pain from here, the back to here, and I go here, and she cannot get out of the bed. Then I told my mom, I said, Mom, I said, you now you understand that's the demon. The demon tried to torture you. Because the doctor himself cannot even find what's exactly the problem. The doctor has said, your bone has already healed. I said, what are we going to do? We're going to cast that demon out of it. I'm going to mad out of the body. I said, the first thing I asked the Lord is, the Lord, take the fear out of my mother-in-law. Because she was so afraid, she couldn't move, she couldn't breathe. If she breathes, she feels that she's going to trigger that pain again. And then I said, we're going to cast that demon out. So we prayed, and the pain still persisted on, but we confess. We confess time after time. We confess she's the pen free. She's the pen free. And guess what? Now she's sitting right there and can listen to the service. You gotta be mad about Satan. Satan, you have no right to torture our people. We are trying to torture our young people, try to put anxiety, put a pressure on them, put depression on them. Your hands take off from the God property. Amen. Greater than this shall you do, not multiplying, but speaking out into creation. When there's a nun, you can make it there. When the children were so wayward, there's no end to the same their stubbornness. 
But your word can make it a creation that it created from nothing, let them become something. Create them and there was no desire that is in them. But spoken word can create a desire that is in there. The reason is that the Bible said, and now are ye light in the Lord. It's God that gave us this power, this authority, that to impart eternal life to the other people. It's not like a Catholic. They said that the priest has the right to do this. We have the right to impart eternal life. What is an eternal life? That is God's own life. The Zoe life. If you possess an eternal life by believing the word, that spoken word with the creative power still lays in you. And when you believe, when you confess, Satan must flee. That creative power lays into the bride of Jesus Christ. That creative spoken word power lays it in you. And he can make the people that from the confusion to the clear mind. He can make them from the illusion to the clear mind. He can, make, he can change them, can create a virgin out of an adulterer. He can create that into the darkness that the light is to shine forth, to that a depression going in the way, to that anxiety going in the way, to change it the person, save them from drugs and alcohol, and they can reunite the family. It takes the creative power of the spoken word, and you are the possessor of it. Rebrahma said in the Shalom message, he said, how would you know what is right? Is that in the manifestation of the spoken word of God being made a manifest, that's the light of the hour. Certainly, there is what the evidence of the Holy Spirit is. Believing the word of a God when it's manifested. He was the word manifested. The only evidence that there is, is when man believed the written word. When it's a vindicated you walk in the light of it. This is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. You walk in the light. It's not that you just receive the light and then get rid of it or go somewhere else. You constantly, continually walk in the light. If you don't walk in the light, you cannot have a fellowship with God. That's why in 1 John 1, 7 said, but if we walk in the light and he isn't in the light, we have a fellowship one with another. And that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. When you don't walk in the light, it's not only the fellowship between you and the Lord are broken, the fellowship between one with another is broken. Because when you don't walk in the light, you're left in the darkness. When you're left in the darkness, what communion between dark, darkness, and light? There's no communion in there. There's no fellowship in there. To have the fellowship, to have the love of which the one with another, it's just not the lovey-dovey that the world tried to tell us to do. 
but it's a fellowship, it's under the blood, it's in when you walk in the light. Continually walk in the light. When you stop walking in the light, you're in the darkness. How can I fellowship with the darkness? There's no fellowships in there. It's not I despise you, I have a pity on you. I pray for you to get out from the darkness, come into the light of this hour. Fellowship must be a continuation in walking in the light. When you stop walking in the light, the fellowship is broken. But when you continually walk in the light, you constantly have a fellowship with God. No matter what situation or what difficulty that you went through, but you can always have the one you walk into the light that is always uh, with, uh, on your aid. I was thinking about the woman that added a well, that uh, she recognized the truth. When she recognized the truth, that is the light in her day. And Brother Brahma said that because he recognized that the Messiah, the word that had been vindicated in that hour, all her blackness become a white. But to those Pharisees, though they are having their uh, so-called, if we can call it, call it a certain truth, that they're in the church, they have the church light, and whatsoever, that in the, they have the moral uh, high standard, uh, uh, like the Jews and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but because they didn't recognize the light, and then all their white become a black. But this woman, because she recognized the light, and she's not only recognize it, she believe it. She even walk in the light, but throw her pot down, that go to her city, then said, come on to see a man. And she has, he has told her everything that has ever done. Isn't this the Messiah that we're looking for? As she was walking in the light, all her sin was forgiven. It's taking walking in the light to have the sin be forgiven. And has to be continually walking in the light. If you want, I remember when I was in the, in the three cells of the church. You know, during a, I think many of you can relate it to that. And we we're in our denomination. It doesn't mean that we're not sincere. It doesn't mean that we're, we don't believe God. We do believe God. But you must continually walking in the light. When the light continues to shine on you, you must follow the light. That's where there is a fellowship is it. And we're thinking about the other woman that we just read to the scripture in the beginning. And who got that adultery. And she was uh, caught to the right in an act of the adultery. And then those Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribe, they brought her over to Jesus. And he is the light of the hour. And that's the thinking about this thing. When a woman was a caught that ended adultery, who caught him her in the adultery? It's those are Pharisees. It's the scribe. It's the church people. It's the religious people. It's the who that have a high moral standard. And in another word, they are in a certain light. They are in the church light, if I can call it. They're not in the total darkness. They're not a well, they are in the gross darkness. But according to their standard, they still have a certain truth. They believe in Moses. They believe in the law. They're under the certain light. And the light is a church light. 
And in under that church light, this woman was in total darkness, in gross darkness. And when that gross darkness, when the church light shine on her, find her that she's an adulterer. And it caught her. And their moral standard has exposed to her that she's an immoral person. And that if we set a church light, they brought this woman to Jesus. And Jesus has a greater light, as he said. He said, you enjoy for a season for the light of John the Baptist. But I had a greater testimony. But you wouldn't want to come to me. This woman sure cannot have enough faith to generate, generate enough courage by herself to go to that greater light. Who can standing before that greater light? Anybody standing that a greater light, they will be like dead right there. Every sin, every mistake, every wrongdoing that you do when you're under that greater light will be all exposed. But how we thank you, the Lord. That light is not exposed her adultery. The church light exposed her adultery. But the light, when she was in the greater light, Jesus said, I am the light of life. I'm not the light of a condemnation. I'm not the light trying to condemn you that you're a sinner. But I'm the light of life. The church light only shows she's filthy. The church light will only make you filthy. The church light can only enforce the law on you to know that you are worthless. You cannot do anything but that greater light, the light of life, is the light to give you that life that can cover, can wash you clean as it can be. Those people who are under the church light as a churchgoer, churchism, that doesn't bring this woman to the greater light. If by herself, she will for sure, she's not going to stand in there. Not voluntarily, but thankful. That church light actually forced her into the presence of the greater light. When she was in that greater light, and all those church lights, when they come before that greater light, they thought they were safe. They thought they were fine. We're Pharisees. We're scribes. We have done the great thing. We've built a synagogue. We have all the things that we can do. But when that church light comes before the light of life, all their sin starts to show. You understand that a church light cannot cover you? You understand that a church light is not enough for you? You must have went into the greater light. If just a church goer, if just a churchism, that's not enough. And those people that have brought it as a woman, and Jesus starts you riding on the ground, riding on the on the sand. And it asked him, he said, Who of you doesn't have sin can cast the first stone? If they're under the church light, 
They can hide themselves. But when they come to the greater light, everything was exposed. No one can stand before that greater light. That woman was forced to stand at that greater light. Church life cannot bring you to a satisfaction. Just going to the church, just having the preacher preach, just to pay your tithes, just do everything else. Those things was honorable, the things that we need to do, but that doesn't save a person. But when that woman was standing before that greater light, she was not brought under the church light, but she was brought under the light of life. That light is not trying to condemn her, but that life, that light has forgiven her. But I'm thinking about when Jesus was a, when they, all of them come before Jesus, when Jesus started saying, who don't have the sin, cast the first stone. And the Bible said one after another, they all started leaving. From the oldest to the youngest. I was thinking, what a pity. They're coming at to the edge, the brink of the greater light. But they'd rather to keep their church light, to go back to their church light, believe that the most filthy woman in the gross darkness of the woman and the leave to her there. But thank God, though that woman was as evil as it can be, as adulterous as it can be, but when all the church light, church light has left, and she was in front of the greater light, the light of life, that light of life forgave her and it gave her the life. And I was thinking about it myself. When I was in the church, and we're enjoying that church light. It seems like you can fulfill your religious uh, conscience. And you go to church, you do this, you do that. But one day, one that a greater light that is coming forth. I'm so thankful. I was forced to come in this place. I'm thinking I was even supposed to move to New Zealand to start a life over there. But God dragged me over here. When I go and I try to search this and seeking for that, but God bring me out of from the church light that to this greater life. Now think about how many of you that can say the same thing. We're enjoying temporarily for a season, just for the denominational church, just for the worldly pleasure and all of those things. But thank God, by the message of this hour, it brought us to the greater light that is alive, not condemnation, but a light that gives you the life eternal. And I'm thinking about the, the people. And some even enjoyed the, the church life that the writer may be in here. And under the, the church light, they can be a nice believer, can be a good citizen, can be a good believer in a certain sense. But do you know what you need? God by the word. And I'm thinking in the last little while how the Lord has given us a wonderful service. It's through the men of a God, Brother Ron, Brother Tim, and and the brother David, the brother Timothy, and all those men of God. What is that? I believe it is to bring a greater light that it's to us. The bring to the light 
of the life that is to tell us churchism should be ended. Church light is not enough. Because if it's just church light, and when you're brought to the light of life, which is Jesus Christ, you become a gross darkness. It's not enough. Church life is not enough. But Abraham said, he said, Jesus, come on. Two lights can shine at the same time. There can be a church light and a God's light shine at the same time. It's got to be God's light putting out the church light. And that's exactly what's taking place today. God is separating churchism from his light of the promise of the word of the hour that we are living in. God is trying to telling us, I am the light of life. The church light maybe give you a certain period of time that is satisfaction. But there's two light cannot, cannot at the same time. It must be the one light that will drive away another. I pray that the light of life to drive away just churchism, just for the social gospel, just, just for the time we gather together, those days is over. God gave uh, the bride a seed that can receive the light of life. No other people can receive that. No matter how they want it, but they couldn't receive the light of life. But if I said in the go awake, Jesus said, when the light of life is shining to bring that seed, what could it do upon a rock? It would do nothing. What could it do upon dead substance? It is not sent for dead substance. The sun, the sun shines for a seed that's germinized to life. And this Bible and this word in the hour that we live is shining upon those to catch the eternal life. Those who are predestinated to see it. And it won't do one bit of a good upon the rest out of them. There's a no life there to come forth by the sun or by the light. In order for a person to receive the light of life, they must have a life and a seed that is inside of them so that they could receive. And in a question and answer, I quoted it uh, the before. I want to quote it again. But Abraham said, how can I take a cockaburr and make a grain of a wheat out of it? It's impossible for me to do it. You cannot change it a cockaburr just to a wheat. Reformation cannot do it. You find out many times that what are the people they try to do, all they try to do, they're just trying to, they just try to reform the cockleburr, try to take out the, the prick that is on the outside of it, but it never changed the life inside of the cockleburr. And the Reverend said, and the life of the cockleburr has been taken out, but the nature, oh, well, let me say, the, let me rephrase it. The only way it can be. It's because inside of that cockaburr has been transmitted from a cockaburr, a cockaburr to a germ called wheat life. Then you bury the cockaburr, and it will produce a grain of wheat. 
Because there has been a life of a weight put in the cockerbur. And the life of the cockerbur has been taken out. The only way for the cockerbur to become a weight is when there is a weight life that be put it inside of that cockerbur. The only way for God to that hour us to be changed, it must be put a God's life that in this cockerbur. Is that try to reform it? We're not trying to reform our children. We're not trying to reform the member. We try to put the life-changing force, the life of the seed of the wheat into the cockerbur. And Brother Bram said, but the nature of the cockerbur is still sticky. And it will be until this new life has fully been developed out of the ground and raised up again. So when you put the life of a weight that in a cockerbur, the life inside of the cockerbur is not a cockerbur anymore. The nature has been changed. But though the nature has changed, but outside is still sticky. It's still prickly. Did you saw a cactus? When cactus, if the life ever gone from the cactus, does it a prick been automatically taking it off? No, the prick is still there. If you got a cactus, no matter how dry it is, that prick was always there. That cactus can from a green turn to yellow as yellow can be, but that prick is still as sharp as it can be. Actually, it become a more sharper. But the life has taken out from the cockerbur. The life is not in there anymore. It's not a growing anymore, but that a prick still on the outside of it. That's what happened to a believer. God changed the nature of us. He has the life that put it into us is not our own life, but it's the life of God would have put it into us. So your nature has changed. But though your nature changed, the sticky on the outside still as sticky as it can be. It's still as prickly as it can be. Until one day when the body change comes, God will change the whole body. But first, He changed your nature. He changed your life. The light of the life, when it shines, it draws the life inside of you start to growing out. Though on the outside still has a sticky nature, as a cockerbur, as a bird of animal called it, but inside of that is the life of God living there. And the inside of that nature is changed. You used to be, they hate the word. But now, when the nature changed, the nature said, I love the word. But on the outside, still sticky. Sometimes the temper still run wild. And sometimes the sticky nature on that outside of the cockerbur and still pricked the person just beside you. And it's still going to do things that it don't want to do. But remember, the life has gone out of it. Why? The light of life has shined out upon you. And inside of you, God put a seed in you. 
And when that light, greater light, shine upon you, and you said, church light is not enough for me. I don't want just to let it go to church. Why? Because of the light has to shine on you. And inside of you, you said, Lord, I want a closer walk with you. Will that prove? Though the stinky nature is still there, but the inside of the cocoa bar, that is God's own life living in there. And that greater life starts to draw that life out of you. You started growing. You started growing. One day, you're going to burst it open, the cocoa bar outside, stinky nature, and you will become a completely new being. But Abraham said, as long as you are in this life, you are going to be sticky. Man, what a... Nobody want to hear that. We want this sticky nature get out of me just as quick as they can. But remember, the life has gone out of it. How to prove your nature changed. What you hate, you love what you desire, you don't desire it anymore. Your life has changed. The life is not a conqueror life anymore. The, the life inside is not a church life anymore. But it's the life of a God living in there. And I have a carnal nature that's going to bother you as long as you live. We want to be bother free. We wanted the devil to be anointing, anointing free. But as I preached it before, the only thing he can do is to annoy you. He doesn't possess the real power. If he possessed the real power, he killed you a long time ago. If he possessed the power, he killed brother around two years ago. But he doesn't possess that power. That all he can do is just annoying you. Though there's a sticky nature that's outside of there. He said, it will bother you as long as you live, but inside of you, you are born again. And when you are raised up, you are in the likeness of a Christ, and all the sin is gone from you. Now, what do, what do we need to do? What we're having is a sticky nature at outside. But with the life of the weight and of God inside of you, he said, Brother Abraham said, you are an outward man which is controlled by the six senses. You are an inward man controlled by one sense, which is faith. There's only one thing inside of you. That's the faith to the word of God. That inside man says that that's true. The outside man reasons that it can be true to you. He said, now what are you going to do? Then ignore the outside man and accept the inside man. Sometimes we complicate it. It's a ignore the outside man. It's not trying to reform it. It's not even rebuke it. It's not even trying to cut it. It's not even fast and pray, fast and pray. Ignore the outside man. Why? Because of the word said, he will bother you as long as you live. Don't try to change your neighbor. They will bother you as long as you live. But ignore her. 
It didn't ignore the outside man, except the inside man. Brother Bermuda says that in the one time, he said, if you try to rebuke that serpent, and if the cobra pop up in his head, try to bite you, you said, I rebuke you, I rebuke you, I rebuke you. He said, he will bite you. What you do? You turn around, move to another way. Thank God you changed my nature. Thank God, Brother EBL, I can see. Thank God, no matter what I do, but Lord, you have forgiven me all my sin. Thank God, Lord, my whole nature is not a cock of our nature. My whole nature is the God's nature. Thank God I don't love the world, but I love the word of a God. Thank God, Lord, you prepared a home for me. One day, this cockroach outside going to be bursted out. Ignore the outside man. Accept the inside man. There's only two things you need to do. Ignore one, accept the one. What is it, ignore? Brother EBA, shout it again. You're not ignoring him. I'm ignoring him. I don't care what you say. I'm going to preach. You don't care what devil tried to say. You ignored him. Accepted in there, man. By God's strife, I was healed. Don't answer him. When they try to talk to you, don't answer him. When those people put things on YouTube, don't try to answer him. When the devil put a doubt in your mind, you said, I accept the inside man. You ignored him. The symptoms tell you you still cannot see. You said, I ignore you. By God's stripe, I am healed. The devil tried to tell you your children should never come back. You ignored him. And confessed it, Brother Matthew. All my boys is here. You accept the inside man. Brother Bram said that we are carnal, and that part must perish. But then the inside, we are a spirit man, soul inside, and that's the faith in God's word. Then we bring our outside body under subjection to the word by faith, by accepting what God said. When you accept what God said, it doesn't show it up right away. But you keep on accepting it. Just like if you accept what devil said, it doesn't show it up right quick either. Eventually, it will come haunt you. But if you opposite, you accept what God has said, though it doesn't show right away, eventually it will take on the momentum. It will catch you up. It will sick your, it will heal your all the symptoms. It will drive all the symptoms away. Then you are completely healed. Amen. And you said that you would 
When you said, oh, Lord, I believe you gave me the Holy Spirit. You keep accepting the word. You keep accepting the word. It doesn't take any effect in the first the beginning immediately. But when you keep accepting, keep accepting, keep believing. When you look at the back, what has changed to me? Your nature changed. Your desire for the world to go. Your whole life was renewed. If you can take the right mental attitude toward any promise, divine promise of a God, any. If God has a promise, any. No matter what the promise is, as long as God's promise, He will bring it to pass. That's His job. Your job is accepting that inside a man, and His job is to fulfill what you have accepted. If you can get yourself in position to believe that that promise is for you. When you accept certain things, you must put yourself into a certain position so that you can receive. You must put yourself in the atmosphere by listening to the preaching of the word. You must put yourself in the right position by listening to the tape, reading the message, day in and day out. When you're in that position, the heavenly blessing is going to fall on you. Then what did he promise to do? He said, I will show myself alive in the church until I come again. The thing that I done here, so shall you do till I come again. Then if he proves himself alive, what do you think about him? It's your faith. Not nothing I could do for you, but what he has already done for you, and you just accepted it. Ignore the outside man, accept the inside man. That inside man is not far away, it's right inside of you. He already put it in there. All you have to do Feed on the word. Keep on believing. Accept what the inside man has to tell you to do. That inside man always points you back to the word of what God has said. Let me wrap it up over here. Remember talking about, in a desperation, he was talking about that there was a, a Mexican woman. Is that a Mexican woman? And she got a, and her baby was died. That uh, I think it's in a pneumonia or something, Brother Roy. I forgot what is this that. I think it was a died from a pneumonia. Then in that morning in the doctor's office, and then that a Mexican woman put that a baby that on her arm, and it was very young. Brother Brandon said it was an attractive young little lady, probably just getting a new baby, and then uh, she holding that a baby. And going off to the prayer line, and but she doesn't have the prayer card, and she had one under the deacons, the ushers, the one on top of them. What a desperation that person had! And she was a Catholic. She doesn't know very much about the world, God at all. But a desperation has drove her into the position that she can get something. And when she was a, or one of there, and the Billy Paul talked to Brother Branham and said. To, Said, Daddy, you got to come over. He said, oh, I got about 100 or 200 ushers, and that I couldn't stop her. When desperation set in, nobody can stop that. 
And when nobody can stop it, something's going to happen to her. And then, Brother Branham said, oh, Jack Moore, because uh, I think uh, Jack Moore was a wizard, Brother Branham, he said, you go to pray for her, because she doesn't know who's uh, Brother Branham or, or whatever it is. And so as the Jack Moore was, was going, and then Brother Branham is to keep on started preaching. He said, I was, as I was speaking now, faith, he said, and I look out there, there was a vision. I seen a little baby sitting there, a little black-faced Mexican baby with no teeth. It was a laughing at me, sitting out there. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. And Brother Branham said, her desperation drove the Holy Spirit to change my subject, change my eyes, and show me her baby sitting there. That sent the spirit back. When I saw that, tears just in my eyes. What that a desperation can do. When a person has a right attitude towards any divine promise of a God, you have to think about it. The spirit has already left. The spirit has already to anoint Brother Branham, keep on preaching. Brother Branham, he was a start to preaching. He said, as I was said, faith come by hearing. But then the desperation of that little woman for her baby turned the prophet around. The spirit already started to anoint the prophet, but that woman has a personal need. That personal need in you know, her to drive her to such a desperation, he literally turned that Holy Spirit right around and said, you must fulfill this for me. And Brother Brahma said, that a woman, as she come close to where I was, and she screamed and I holler, Padra, Padra, which means Father. I said, don't say that, don't say that. He said, do you believe? This woman doesn't have a knowledge. This woman doesn't know anything about it, a God. Like what the prophet I know. Oh, she know it's just her Catholic religion. But that doesn't matter. Her faith drove her to a position that there's a, probably half a million there. But no one get what she got. In that same day, and at the same time, there's a problem in many hundred, even not thousands, baby died. But this baby is going to live. Because of the desperation, the right attitude towards the light of God has a shoulder upon her. That attitude that it drove her to a desperation, no matter what, she has a personal need. That personal need must be fulfilled. And then the brother Bremer said, and he said in the Spanish, the translator to her, ask her if she believes. And she said, yes, she believed. And he asked her, how would she believe? She said, if God can give that old man his sight, he can give my baby the life. Desperation drove her to it. Not a thing on my part. Brother Bram said, I just saw the vision. 
It's not even Brother Brandon's prayer. It's that a woman's faith, desperation, pulled the vision down. The vision already left. But the woman's desperation pulled the vision down. Brother Branham already started preaching, but that desperation of that woman pulled the spirit back from an anointing him to preach. Then back to her personal need that she must have that. In another case, that's what this one has had a vision. But let's look at another case. In God's confidence with Abraham. But remember talking about another person who got a deaf theory. And then uh, the, the parents and the one to uh, ask a brother Brandon to pray for, for their son. That because uh, he got a deaf theory. And then they sent him to the hospital and is going to die there. And Brother Brandon said, and I got down and started praying for the little lad. He said, no vision or nothing, just prayed. I said, Heavenly Father, you promised that a prayer of faith shall save the sick. And I'm offering to you with all my heart, in sincerity, with the simplicity of my heart. He said, but I pray that you will spare the boy's life. He's got a, such a fine home to be raised up in. Christian father and mother pleading the promises. And I have no vision. I just raised it up and said, well, Lord, I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus. I raised up the old father, looked across at the mother and said, oh, mother, isn't that a wonderful? It's done. Done, you know, as far as he was concerned, he said, oh, I'm so happy. Brother Branham, praise the Lord. I'm so glad that you prayed a prayer of faith. My boy is healed now. Brother Bramah didn't saw a vision. That woman pulled a vision down. But this man doesn't even have a vision. And it's as the boys are dying. And as far as the monitor concerned, the nurse beside it said, according to that needle on the monitor, there's no one has to come back when it dropped to that. But that little old man just put a patting on the little nurse. He said, all you watching is that needle. But I'm a look at the promise of a God. What make that boy come back to life? It's not to the prophet's prayer. It's an attitude toward the prophet's prayer. Amen. That attitude that the Mexican woman got her dead baby back, that is the same right mental attitude toward the word of God with vision or no vision, but that boy come back to life because he and his wife believe on the word of God. You that one through the pearl line, this is for you. With vision or with no vision? Oh, I wish Brother, Brother Ron lay hands on me. Brother Ron may not lay hands on me. Oh, I wish Brother Ron could speak some word to me. Brother Ron may not speak a word to you. But a word has been spoken to you in the last few service. And if not last few service, in the last two years. If in another four years, all you're depending on is the word of a God has spoken to you. No matter you see vision or don't see the vision, 
no matter they lay hands on you or don't lay hands on you, but the light has to shine down upon you. Why? The light is not trying to condemn you, but the light of a life is to shine upon you to give you the life. This is the time to believe God's word. All the meetings that we ever went through, you have the one thing for us to do, believe on what God's word has said. I was so appreciative of Brother Ricardo. I know he's not here. And yesterday when we have some fellowship, and he was sharing it with me about Ella. And actually, I was surprised that Ella didn't went through the prayer line. And Brother Ricardo told me, he said, Ella... And she decided, I'm not going through this prayer line. God already healed me. That's the right attitude towards the word of God. And all they have to take is only one thing, Sister Faith. Believe on God's word. If he healed me, he already healed me. It's not because I failed it or I don't fail it, but that's, that's just the word of a God. No matter I go through with it, I failed it or I don't fail it, but that's, that's just the word of a God, Sister Barb. We are healed by the word of a God, as I said, the right mental attitude toward any divine promise of a God will make the word of a God come to pass. Let a musician come. Is that something that we look at? Lord, do I fail that? Lord, is my emotional, can hype it up to a certain place so that I can receive the Lord? No matter you jump up or you sit down. No matter you shout or you keep silent. But as long as the inner man accepted the word of a God and ignore the outside man try to telling you, Though there's a sticky nature, as sticky as it always been, it seems there's no change on the outside, but inside, believe on the word of a God. There is a new nature. God has to put it in you. There is a faith inside of you, Michelle, that you can receive the word. Your desire change, your nature change. The love of the word has gone away, but the love of the word of a God has regenerated inside of you. But I'm going to say the nervousness is the hardest thing there is to fight. Worse than cancer. Can I say I got something that's worse than cancer in me? Nervousness. Because you can't mentally balance yourself right. You can't get your mind running right. But now, you start from now. It's in the prayer line. Knowing that you are standing in the presence of a God. It's not your fail. It's knowing you are standing in the presence of a God. You're not standing in front of a man. You're not you go through the prayer. It's not you're standing in the group of a man. Though they are men of a God. But there is a God that is in that. 
And then Brother Branham said, you're standing in the presence of God knowing and say, that's the second thing. It's your confession to believe. And say, this hour, right now, I'm healed. That applies to everything. That applies to, apply to our physical body. That applies to your mental. That applies to your soul. That applies to your children. That applies to your loved one. That applies to your wife. That applies to your husband. That applies to everything that you can claim. And say, this hour, right now, not any year, not two years later, not in God's time, right now. Not in God's time. God's time is right now. Right now. I'm healed. And go out. Say the same thing. You said nobody see it. I still say it. Nobody hear it. I still say it. Nobody cared about it. I still say it. Say it till you actually believe it. Before you actually believe it, you actually fake believe it. But that fake believing will bring the actual believing. Why? But you have one thing to do. Lord, I know my faith hasn't arrived that yet. Though I fake, I'm going to fake it to the core. I'm going to fake it until it becomes real. I'm going to say I'm healed. Like Sister Julie did, I'm going to come out of the bed. Do you feel better? I don't feel better, but I'm going to do it. Do you feel shouting? I don't feel shouting, but I'm going to shout it. Do I feel screaming? I don't feel screaming, but I'm going to scream it out. The devil tried to press you. The devil tried to press me, but I'm going to break the bandage. I'm going to say it until I believe it. Say it till you actually believe it. Till you really believe it. And then you will get well. If you accept it on those bases, keep saying it over and over and say it out loud. Say it over and over. Just keep saying it. I'm healed. I'm healed. Say it until you actually believe it. And when you believe it, then it's going to take place. You have to say it over and over and over. Why? Because it's not easy. It's not on your first time when you strike it. It's not on the second time when you strike it. Maybe not even third time. Maybe even not the fourth time. But you strike. You strike. You strike. You believe it. Lord, I believe it. I confess that. I confess for my family. I confess for my children. You know why you have to do that? When the jubilee is over, you go back to your inheritance. You'll find out everything dandy and easy. You're dancing around. I'm no slave anymore. My family is saved. What a glorious jubilee that we have. When you go back to our territory, when you go back to our inheritance in Margaret, you find what? A squatter. A squatter is always there. 
Though the jubilee, the sound trumpet, so you're not slave anymore. You go back to possess your land, but a squatter is always there. But thank God, squatter know he's not a legal owner. You might not know, but a squatter know he's not a legal owner. If he's a legal owner, he wouldn't be a squatter. The reason is he's a squatter, he doesn't he know he's an illegal owns your healing. He's an illegal owns your children. He's an illegal owns your house. He's an illegal owns your wife, owns your loved one. But he's a squatter. He just hope you don't know it. And a squatter will always know who is the, regular, the legal owner. You are the legal owner. You have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God's life has been living inside of you. Has vindicated already. You are the legal owner. You don't have to hope the squatter move away. You take the word of a God. Strike it. Strike it. Over and over. He wouldn't believe it, but you believe it. The squatter, no, he's an illegal owned you. But thank God, I also know I'm the legal owner of every divine promise of God. Healing is mine because they pay for it. Salvation is mine because they pay for it. Joy is mine because they pay for it. I'm a legal owner. Peace is mine because I'm a legal owner. He pay for it. And heaven is mine. He pay for it because I'm a legal owner. Let a squatter know, get off. You torture me long enough. You tread on me long enough. You use the depression holding me long enough. But the legal owner, now coming home. Hallelujah. Let a jubilee bell ring. We're done with the devil's depression. We're done. With the devils are treading on the pride of Jesus Christ. Let him know the legal owner now came home. Hallelujah. Let's sing together, walk in the light. Are you walking in the light? When you walk in the light, we have a fellowship with God. We have a fellowship with one another. And what Jesus said, his blood washes all our sin. You are justified. You never sin in the first place. That's why we are a legal owner of every promise of a God. He has to give it to us. Let's walk in the light that us all sing together. Oh, we.
Jesus is the light of the world. Let me give you a good news that you are the light of the world again. We all are the light of the world, Jesse. Nobody can take that out of us. When the light has been lighted, nothing going to stop it. How we thankful to the Lord. How we thankful to the message that the Lord has given it to us. We cannot thank it enough. You know what? We're not even under the prophet's light anymore. We're under the light of the life. It's not just a church light. It's not just a believer the prophet. That light that the prophet has been produced. The light that the prophet has been announced, has been preached. Now the light is in the pride of Jesus Christ. Let us have the right mental attitude toward all the divine promise of God. And we're looking forward to see great things that happen among his children. Let us bow our head. Oh, our dear Heavenly Father, how we thank you, how we love you, Lord. Lord, this is not just the word that on the pages, but Lord, this is the person that jumped out from the pages, that has made himself reality to us. Let him make this as a word and not just something that we heard about it, but now we can live it. And it's not somebody just told us, but Lord, you yourself told us this, whispered in our ear, in our soul, of the love story of our Jesus Christ. Lord, I give you all the thanks. I ask you to be with your people. Lord, as we have been drinking in, we have been feeding on the word, marvelous, marvelous word that in the last little while. How I want to say that the people rejoice, responding to the word. Oh God, there's nothing pretending on that. It's all real, Lord, because you mean so much to us. You have done such a great thing to us. Or thinking about each one, the healing that's among us. Lord, to see the family reunited, see our brothers can cross the border, and sitting in a congregation, to drinking in service after service. See how you delivered our people, the people that was bound, but the house of hell has given it away in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, that only proof of one thing, your vindicated word still shine that in your children's life. That in this local body, I'm giving you all the thanks, O Lord. Lord, I just ask you to be with everyone, my dear brother, my dear sister. Oh God, let us uh, just pressing on. Lord, maybe just take it in one more night. Maybe just take it in one more day. Lord, all we have been expecting for will come true to us. In a twinkling of an eye, we'll see the body change and come up to your bride. Lord, we'll be catching away and forever on your side. We thank you, Lord. Lord, may you hasten that day. But before that day come, let us fight a good fight. Lord, let us fight a good fight in every corner, in every area, every street corner, every our life, every aspect in our life, Lord. Lord, give us the courage to continue on. Lord, I ask you to continue to remember those men of God has standing behind the pulpit and have preached the, the marvelous word of God, has met our need, has lifted us to a, such a heavenly place. Lord, may you strengthen them as well until we meet again. 
We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know the song, I thank God for the lighthouse. Yeah. Just before we go, maybe we can sing that again. I thank God for the lighthouse. What a lighthouse of the Lord had given it to us. Let's sing it all together. platform has almost become a privilege for me to watch each one of you look up and down, look up and down. I'll say, Lord, these are the people I'm going to spend eternity with. Keep us faithful, Lord. Keep the ministers faithful. Preach the word without wavering, without compromising. And I believe for everyone. And keep our dear brothers be faithful to what you have heard and believe it with all our heart and we're looking forward to God will do mighty work that is his own children may the Lord bless you she can visit each other until we meet again and thinking about the world dwell on it and don't just uh, listen but believe it ignore the outside man accept the inside man the one that is inside of you is greater than the one that is in the world May the Lord bless you.